The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Like Adam said, we are in a series called Multiply right now. Because in the book of Acts, uh, God multiplies things. He multiplies people, he multiplies followers, he multiplies churches, and he multiplies in different cultures. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Gabe last week kind of set the, the stage for why us as Acts Church Lander need to, um, or, or what we're doing on mission this year. We're planting churches, we're uh, increasing our efforts in what we're doing here, and, and this is exciting. For me, it's exciting. Uh, about six months ago, I, I got a call to come here. Um, with Krista, my wife, and we got the call to come here and start a new church. And so today I get to share part of my heart where I'm at in uh, that process here in our community. And I love this story of Philip. Philip's a fun guy, and and it's just rich, and it's dense with um, some of the themes that I see, and I'm looking at, and I'm like, oh man, that's where I want our church to be. Or the church that I'm, that we'll be going with, uh, that's where I want us to be. Philip was sent by God, and, and I'm just going to tip my cards here, so if you really want to, you could just write these two things down and, and check out for the rest of the time. I would be upset, but you guys can do this. Um, to tip my cards and, and where I want Acts Church Northwest to go is I want us to rest on two words. Two simple words, but two words that have depth and richness for what it means to be a Christian in a very, very busy time. And those words are loved and sent. Loved and sent. Philip was loved and he was sent. So we're going to talk about those two words and then we're going to talk about what that looks like as we do it together. Uh, Let's dive right in. Uh, If you have your Bible, you can open that up. We'll be flipping back and forth, and it'll also be on the screen. So verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And you may be thinking to yourself, this seems like we're picking up the story right in the middle of the story. And that's because, hey, we're picking up the story Right in the middle of the story. Philip first comes on the scene in Acts chapter 6. The apostles were busy, because they were apostles, and they said, hey, we need somebody to take care of these widows and orphans, because these widows and orphans aren't getting food. And so they appointed Stephen and Philip and five other guys to do their care ministry, to do their benevolence ministry, and they were there doing their work. And it's interesting because they were a part of this, but God still had Philip and Stephen proclaim. And people that proclaim still need to go and care. God doesn't just call us to, like, box up our lives in this one little area. He invites us to more. And Philip, uh, as he was doing this, I think the reason he could be called to, to rise and go is because he was comfortable where he was. Not comfortable in a, well, I'm just going to do everything for my own comfort, my pleasure, and my enjoyment, but, but he was settled in himself. He was settled in himself. 
when you know, um, when you know certain things about yourself, like as a human, when you know kind of what your identity is, there's a weight that's lifted off your shoulders. Uh, and, and the the opposite of that is when people don't know what their identity is, they go reaching for it in a bunch of crazy, sometimes amusing, uh, sometimes terrifying places. I've done campus ministry for about five years um, before I got here and a little bit now. And one of the things that I find fascinating is walking around on college campuses and seeing the different identities that are people are you know, kind of self-nominating, say, oh, I'm this type of person, or I'm that type of person. Not long ago, I saw someone who was, they kind of traversed their, their campus with a guitar case and the khaki shorts, and they were barefoot. I'm like, oh, that guy is, he's putting out a certain, uh, he's per- putting out a certain vibe, a certain identity of this is who this guy is going to be. And then in Minnesota, it got cold, and you can't go barefoot anymore, and now I'm standing with you with boots on, and it's fine. I tried to put on a different identity of like, hey, who do I need to be? I'm going to be some guitar-playing guy that goes around barefoot, and that didn't work out. My favorite, my absolute favorite, is the Division II college football player. I've got a guy, I can, he's in my head right now, I can see his face, and he always wore sweats with the name of the school in football. There's a badge here and a badge here on his Under Armour sweats. Always wearing it. He had the backpack, little name tag. This is my name. This is my number. This is the football team I play for. You'd go up and ask him, uh, hey, what are you going to do after college? I'm going to play in the NFL. He was serious. Like, this was what he was going to do. He was sold out to his identity is only a football player. And I'm like, dude, you're a Division II athlete. That happens sometimes, but, but you don't even start. So what's, what's happening? Or there's also people that kind of live in the library, but they never do studying. I had some friends like this. They kind of lived there, and they, they never had any books around them, but they always had like four or five people around them, and they were laughing, and they had the coffee, and it was like, you just have a social hour in here from like two to seven every afternoon, and, and this is your identity. You're the library guy with a mediocre GPA. It's like, okay, this is what you're embracing for yourself. Those are kind of fun ones, but, but you know what it looks like when somebody doesn't have when they're kind of not settled and they're reaching for maybe some more destructive things. And that, that's when it gets ugly. And that's when it gets uh, dangerous. On the opposite end of things, I, I look at someone like Philip, and I'm like, he, he knew a couple things about himself. He was settled. He, could, he didn't have weight on his shoulders. He wasn't trying to prove something. And, and we see an effect of that um, in verse 27, it's like he, God told him, hey, rise and go, and he rose and he went. And there's, there's something that is true about us um, when we know our identities. You don't have to chase something that's broken. You don't have to chase uh, a place where you want to belong or try to put something on yourself. When you know that your identity is in Christ, when you know that you're loved by God, 
a lot of the questions get answered and you, there's a calmness that comes over people. Because instead of you searching it out and really going for it for that group or that social status or, or that team to try to input identity on you, God says, no, I've got life for you. I've already got a name for you. It's child, it's son, it's daughter, it's forgiven one, it's loved one. Um, we'll do communion in a minute. But one of my favorite things to say to uh, kids as they come up to communion is God loves you so much that he calls you his son. God loves you so much that he calls you his daughter. Because we need to be reminded that that's how God looks at us. When we're his children, and that's the core identity of a Christian, it's, hey, I love you. I, I celebrate you. I I delight in you. I smile when I look upon you. So that's the, the first thing. Um, when you're loved by God, your identity is in God. But he doesn't just leave you there. We're loved, and we're also sent. And if you're an English major, you know, like, it's not you're loving, it's in sending. It's you're loved, it's passive. He does this to you, and, and you're sent which is interesting, he sends you out. I don't send myself, but he sends me. The Holy Spirit living inside of me sends me. God is the actor. He's the one that's active. Let's look back at uh, verse 27. Remember, it said, rise and go. So 27 starts out, starts out, and he rose and went. I think because he could say, I'm okay. I'm loved by this God who's telling me to do something that I don't know. And I'm comfortable with what he's telling me to do. So I'm going to go, and I'm going to do it. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. This statement right here is loaded with many, many things. Uh, Ethiopia was south of Egypt, kind of modern-day Ethiopia, but part of... Sudan as well. And the, the Roman and the Greek thinkers of the day considered this the ends of the earth. So last week we talked about uh, Acts 1 and how God was ex expanding his kingdom in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so when Philip rose and went, the Holy Spirit was sending him to the ends of the earth. And he got to be a part of it. And he was sent to the Ethiopian, uh, basically like their secretary of the treasury, their minister of finance, and it was a highly important and influential uh, figure. When I was a fifth grader, there was a lovely old, old Sunday school teacher, and her name was Dottie. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And when this uh, story came up, Dottie looked at us as fifth grade boys because the one girl that was in our Sunday school class uh, wasn't there that day. And she's like, well, boys, I'm glad that it's just you today because we're going to talk about what a eunuch is. And we all left Sunday school that day in tears and there was crying and weeping. And we're like, I, I'm never coming back because that is so scary. And I'm never working in finance because that's scary too. 
But God put Philip next to this Ethiopian eunuch, this person who had authority and influence on his nation, kind of like Joseph in the Old Testament. And I love how the story goes because it's just so simple. He'd come to Jerusalem, this is the eunuch, and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah, and the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he, the Ethiopian eunuch, said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture he was reading was this. And the passage of scripture that he was reading comes from Isaiah 53, and that's one of the richest biblical prophecies of Jesus. It's called the suffering servant. That's what it's called. And it's this beautiful picture of um, Jesus humbling himself, coming down to be with us, but then also dying for his people, for the people that he loved. And, and Philip got to explain this, and he got to explain scripture to this Ethiopian eunuch while they were on the road. The Holy Spirit was sending Philip. And I don't know if you caught it in there, but it's super simple. Rise and go. So got up and went. And then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and see that chariot. So he runs over. It's simple. It's like, hey, Philip, go. And Philip's like, okay, all right, let's do that. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever done the, the strength finders stuff, if anyone's done that in here. A couple of mine are futuristic and strategic. And I love, like, all with plans that I really get geeked out about. I love all the I's to be dotted and all the T's to be crossed. And, and once that happens... We're in a good spot. I don't know if there's any people like that out there. But, but this kind of slaps it in my face when it's like, it was pretty simple. God said do it, and Philip did it. He didn't have to wait for some big strategic evangelism plan where everything was set out. He just listened, and he went. And I think sometimes um, we've got great intentions, um, but we can make things more difficult than they need to be. Uh, and I'm guilty of that, too, because I like all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. And then, hey, as soon as all of those things are in place, the Holy Spirit's going to bless what I'm doing. But if you want a practical, like, one-liner to go, hey, go and do this this week, uh, my dad always asks for those. He's like, Barrett, you've got to tell me something to do. And I'm like, fine. Um, it's simple. Listen to God. Listen to God. If you're a note taker, it's just those three words. And you might be saying, um, thank you, Barrett. Thank you, Pastor Barrett. That's really helpful. I've asked for that before, and there was no audible voice from the heavens that really opened up and shared God's plan for whatever I was praying about there. I can say, hey, me too. I've never heard the audible voice of God, and I don't know if I will. If you have, let's have coffee. I would love to hear about your experience. Um, but I don't want you to, to, to try to listen to God and, and try to 
conjure up some woo-woo, mystical kind of weirdness and be like, if I just do these three things and like spin in a circle and get on my knees for five minutes and then read this thing and then go to that thing. No, it's not about that. I want you guys to, to do something. Uh, I want to invite you to do something that, that I've been doing and I've seen fascinating things happen. And it's, it's again, it's like two things. One, just a quick prayer. God, show me where you're working. God, show me where you are working. I work a lot in a coffee shop. And so I'll drive in, and on my best mornings, when I remember, I'll pull up and I'll say, God, show me where you're working in this coffee shop. If you pull into your driveway after a day of work and you're exhausted, God, show me where you're working at home with my spouse. If you're a student or tomorrow you go back to school, God, show me where you're working at school with my roommate in this classroom. If you have a hard meeting, God, show me where you're working in this office. Or show me where you're working on my team, whether that's sports or I don't know, a band or or whatever kind of group you're in. Show me where you're working. And then if you do that and you're like, all right, I prayed it. I came into the room. What next? Well, we wait. We wait. If you want another prayer to pray, it's, God, give me an opportunity here at home or at the coffee shop or at work. Where are you working? Give me an opportunity And I'm not going to, like, pass out the cards and be like, okay, everyone, you come back with three stories of where this happened for you. But if you go into, like, the next five rooms you go in, like from today, don't start in the bathroom. But if you, from, from, like, when you leave here, if you go to lunch or at home or whatever, and you say, God, where are you working? And will you give me an opportunity? I, I really think that at least your lens will be shifted to see what he's up to. To see what he's up to. And then look around. I mean, for me, it's, it's that simple. Philip, he was just kind of there, and he, was, he knew who he was. He had this position. He was doing some care ministry stuff. And then God said, hey, I want you to go over here. And so he went over there, and he was fine. If you get a little nudge, or you're like, oh, when, when I prayed that, something came in my head. Um, if it's not sin, and you think, it aligns with what Jesus would want you to do. And if it's like something that sounds biblical and you want to check that, go and do it. If your spouse gets a nudge and she's like, hey, honey, what if we did this? Do it. See what it's like. It's fascinating how God will like align things for you to do. And it's just, well, that was easy. This week, it... um. It happened to me where I was, it was Wednesday afternoon, and I don't know if you remember back to Wednesday, but it was raining, and it was kind of cold, and I'd made plans to go out and hang out with this guy. And I showed up early, I parked around the corner, because I'm weird like that, it was 5.15, I was like, I'm going to pick up at 5.20, and I was just looking outside, and I'm like, I do not want to go. We're going to be outside, we're going to get rained on, it's a 45 minute drive from where we're at, I don't want to go. And so I literally said, God, I don't want to go. I want to bail. (laughs) And 
in the back of my head, there was uh, Psalm 15 came to mind. And Psalm 15 says, um, a man of God keeps his word even when it hurts. And I just kind of felt like, you should go. Don't bail on this guy. And so I turned the car, picked him up at 520. And in that whole process, God expanded my view on what he was doing in this other guy's life. And it really pointed back and kind of gave me a mirror. It's like, oh, wow, you're doing that in my life as well. And I was complaining. I was like, God, I don't want to do this. And he's like, hey, you said you would, and you should do that. I hope this doesn't sound like woo-woo or really mystical or anything like that. Um, but, but something that I have, I, I really think that we're loved by God and we're sent by God. And we're, the sending happens with more power than you or I could ever really realize. Because the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. In your baptism, or if that was like as a, as a kid, or, or later on when you got baptized, or, or God did that thing in your life, he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And so when we listen to that, or tap into, hey, God's got this, let's follow him, that really um, shows what it looks like for us to live on adventure. At Acts, our church is an acronym for Adventure Community Transformation and Sending. And I've got friends who go skydiving a lot, and I like road trips. That's kind of my form of adventure. Some people hike. Um, but, like, I've done road trips before. I'm fine. I, I don't need more of that. I don't need more of that type of adventure. But I think I was pretty pumped when, when God showed me things on Wednesday. when he was like, you need to insert yourself into this person's life and listen to what I'm doing there. I don't think you guys will get tired of that adventure either. There's two things. God, show me where you're working and God, give me an opportunity. God showed Philip where he was working, and he gave him an opportunity. And Philip said, yes. So he went, and he proclaimed Jesus. And the, they rode down the chariot, and the eunuch was like, hey, there's some water. Can I get baptized? And yeah, he got baptized. And then he goes on rejoicing. There's an early church father that says, uh, his name is Irenaeus, and he was like early 100s. He said, this man, talking about the eunuch, was also sent into the region of Ethiopia to preach what he himself had believed. So God took someone, this secretary of the treasury, and he sent him back to his home as a person of influence. And because Philip was loved and sent, the Ethiopian went and was loved and was sent back to where he lived. And there's a church there today that uh, is thriving in Ethiopia. And it's because of these guys following the call of God. This is what this looks like, and this is what I want to do together. Um, this is kind of the heart. At, this is the simplest form of what I think planting a church looks like. It's God coming into your life and changing you and then sending you out with the power of his spirit so that more people can be loved and can be sent out. It's discipleship, it's evangelism, it's and when we collectively do it together, a church happens. 
uh, this is where I want to do it. There's a map slide on here next. Not the whole area, because that would be way too big. But if you look here at the uh, kind of crossroads of 45, 620, and 183, that's kind of my cross-haired area, the target. There are thousands of people that drive through that road, through or to that intersection every day. And if you look at demographic studies, which I nerd out and do, um, there's going to be, in, in a small radius around there, there's going to be a couple thousand people moving there in the next five years and then in the next ten years. And so what I want to do is to gather people like you so we can be like Philip, knowing this is God's identity for me, that I'm loved by him. And when God brings people into our lives, we can be sent to them. If you are... Uh, if you live in or around this area and you want to like help me figure out what's going on in here, I would love your advice, your input, your eyes, because you guys see things differently than I do. Um, I'd love to get coffee with you and drive around for you to show me, this is where I see God working. This is the school that he's working in, and this is what it looks like. These are my neighbors, and I want you to meet them because they need someone sent to them. Uh, if you want to do that, this is just a way to connect. Um, obviously, you can just find me after after the service. AxeChurchNorthwest.com is just our kind of landing page. If you want to contact me and be like, hey, I've got some thoughts, or you said this, or you should really check out this place, hit the contact button. If you want a weekly update, I've got a weekly update um, that kind of says, hey, this is what I'm doing with church planting, and this is a little something else I'm doing. Uh, hit the weekly update. The Get Barrett's updates. If you want to support what we're doing, um, you can hit that button as well. The point is whether you come with us at Axe Church Northwest, whether you're here at Axe Church Lander, whether you're a guest, whether you're going with Adam in Axe Antioch, is that our identity is we're loved children of God. And that doesn't mean we sit. It means we're sent out into God's world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stories of your people, for the stories of people like Philip and the Ethiopian, for showing us uh, how you multiplied people in, in different cultures and, and started new churches in the book of Acts. We thank you for that. Let us listen to you as we, uh, as we move into this next year. We thank you for this opportunity to be on mission with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.